got your Bibles, I'd love with you to turn with me to Acts chapter 2, verse 1 in the New Testament. Such a good passage of Scripture. We're going to read it together. Over the last five weeks, Pastor Stuart's done a four-week series about a purposeful life, and he's really wanted to prepare us for the future. And over those weeks, he's brought out six points and so much more about things that we need to do to prepare ourselves for the future that was in front of us. Uh, just last week gone, uh, we had a great message called Taking the Land. Who will take the land? And I really feel it was sort of a landmark message for us as a church. You'll find that a lot of the things that we talked about last week will become common language amongst our leadership, amongst our team, and hopefully amongst every single one of us. So if you listened to the message last week, make sure you really take it in. If you missed it, make sure you catch up on podcast. And if you listened and you take it in, I would say to you, I did it this week, listen again so that it goes that little bit deeper into your life. Because we, as we say many times at Freshwater, we don't just want to be people who hear a lot about the Bible. We want to be people who live the Bible. We want to say, people to say about us that in a year's time, wow, you've changed. You've grown so much. There's something different about you in a year's time. Why? Because God is wanting to do a good work in our life. There's so much peace about knowing that God is at work in your life. So much peace. Today, the title of the message is this. It's called 3 verse 1. And in a short time, I'll explain why that title, it'll make sense by the end. But today, I really want to give you some keys into living the life that God has for you. Who knows that God has a life for us? He is the master planner, the master architect, the master designer. God is not aloof, ignorant, and unaware of what's going on in your world and in the world. He is at work if we will give Him permission to work in our lives. And today we're going to look at some keys that we can grab out for this time. I hope today's not just a good message. I hope today's a now message. So many times at Freshwater, people say things like this. They say, I feel like that message was just for me today. I feel like he, I was the only person in the room. Did someone tell Pastor Stuart or Pastor Josh about what we've been talking about? No, we're not gossiping about you. God is on your case because he loves you and cares about you and wants to help you live the life that he, Jesus died on the cross for. And so we're going to get into it today. It says this in the Bible in Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire, and one sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. If you read here, I like this, in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, it says, When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were in one, they were all with one accord in one place. You see, before we can be in one accord with each other, we need to learn how to be in one accord with God. We need to learn how to be in one accord with God. And I really believed at the start of a fresh week that God was saying, hey church, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to help you. I want to lead you. Would you be in one accord with me? Would you push aside every distraction, every other thing, and would you walk in step with me? You know, I felt there was someone here today, and it was almost like, if I could say it was like this. You know, you know how you go to an ATM and you can withdraw money? There was someone here today, and what you've done is you've withdrawn all your trust in God. And it's like you're holding all your trust, and you're deciding where you will reinvest your trust. And God is saying, reinvest your trust back in me. 
reinvest your trust back in me today. And there's someone else today and maybe you've had your trust deposited in something for a very, very long time and for whatever reason you've decided to withdraw it and today you need to invest your trust in God. You need to invest your trust in Him. The Bible talks about our faith in God being like a rock, not being like a shifting sand that falls and goes. Our faith in God can be like a rock and this God who is our rock wants to be in one accord with us. Will we trust Him today? Will we rely on Him? Will we depend on Him? And as we make that decision to be people today who live in one accord with God, in fact, right now, let's just stop for a moment. God's here. Let's just close our eyes. God, this week, we want to be in one accord with you. We want to walk with you. We don't want to be distracted, thinking about other things. We want to know you in a deeper way. Help us today. We give you permission to be our protector, our help, and our source of hope today. That's who you promised to be for us. If only just become more and more aware of you, it's amazing what you can do in our lives. Amen. You know, as these people became in one accord with God, they started to get in one accord with each other. Crowds are so exciting. But you know, there's a next progression from a crowd, and that's a congregation. I'm excited about the carols next week, but the progression from just a crowd, a bunch of people who are in one place at one time, is a congregation who are people in one place at one time in one accord. They are believing for something together. Who knows today, we're not just a crowd of people. We are here, despite all of our different histories and background, we're here in one accord for such a time as this, because we believe. We believe. And these people, they were here praying, they were here seeking God on this day, and I believe one of the things that they were praying for is they were praying for what Jesus promised them, that they would be clothed with power from on high, that they would be witnesses in their local region, in the greater region, and even the entire globe. And they were waiting there to be clothed with power from on high. You see, I believe that in the world today, there's one way that the church should go, and the church could, in Australia could go like this. It could go from people who just stop having a life of conviction and start moving more and more into convenience. And you know, rather than coming every single week, we start to come once a month, once every two months, once a year at Christmas and Easter. When we come, our hunger is distracted. We're sort of here, but we're not really here. And because we've got compromise in our life, we lose our confidence before God. But I believe that what God is wanting to do is He's wanting to develop a people who know their place in the house of God, who their hunger measure is actually increasing and increasing and increasing. And their sold outness to the purpose and the plan of God for their life is becoming more and more devoted day by day. You see, we can be people who know what's happening in the world, and yes, we should be ed educated and aware of what's happening politically and so forth. But we need people who also are aware of what God is doing in the land. We need people who are sensitive to what God is doing in this hour. It's coming up, we're celebrating Christmas on the 25th of December this year, glad you know. <laughs> we're celebrating that. Uh, but you know, the Christmas story talks about these wise men, and they came from the east, didn't they? And they, they came into this place. You know, often when you see the little nativity story, there's three men, isn't there? And they come with their gold, frankincense, and myrrh. The Bible actually never says that there's three. It says that wise men came. How many could there have been? Maybe they brought their wives, their children with them, and they all came together to worship Jesus in Bethlehem. You see, at this particular time, Herod was in charge in that area, the Roman government, all these things were happening. But these were people who maybe were aware of that, but moreover were aware that the God was wanting to bring a savior to the world that would rescue humanity for all time. You see, we can be aware of what's happening politically, but are we aware of what God is wanting to do in the land? 
Come on, he's wanting to bring restoration to families. He's wanting to bring righteousness in government. He's wanting to bring hope to every home across our nation. He's wanting to bring strong, deliberate, faithful men and women who know and believe in the power of God and walk confidently in the life that God has for them. I heard a message just two weeks ago and it was out of that psalm and it says this, lift up your eyes. And I believe God's saying to us, church, come on, let's be people who would lift up our eyes to what God is doing in this town. Is there anyone who believes that? Come on, is there anyone who agrees with that this morning? Is there anyone who says, yep, yep, I'm turning up the hunger in my life. I'm turning up the hunger dial for what God can do in the land. Because as these people began to be in one accord, in one place, accord with God, accord with each other, it says, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven. You see, when you start wanting to desire to be in one accord with God and wanting to receive His power in your life, then you step into a place where you allow God to do things suddenly in your life. And I believe there's people this morning that need to prepare their lives for the suddenly of what God can actually do. Suddenly this happened. There's be people who are going, God, clothe me with power that my family would be on fire for you, that they would have a relationship as I have. They would have that sort of relationship. It would dwell, it would burn in their lives. But you've got to watch out because suddenly your teenager wasn't interested. And now all of a sudden, suddenly they're on fire. And now they want to pray. And now they want to read the God. And now they want to come to three services on Sunday. And you're like, I only want to come to one. It's that friend you've been praying for for so long. Oh, God, you love them. God, you love them. Then suddenly, this Sunday, can I come to church with you? And can I bring my neighbor, my children, my auntie, my uncle? And now you're out two more nights a week because there's revival in your unit complex. You see, we've got to be prepared that God is a God who sometimes does things over a long period of time, but He also can do things suddenly, in a moment, in a breath. He can do something that only God can do because God is alive and powerful and actively alive in our lives. Uh, you got the 20-year-old preaching this morning. You just got to get a bit enthusiastic. Turn to someone and say, you better get fired up this morning. <laughs> you better get ready. <laughs> oh, if you came to church to fall asleep, you better get waking up this morning because God's not coming back for a sleepy church. He's coming back from a church that's alert, that's receptive, that's ready, that's hungry, that's alert. I trust when God sees Freshwater Church, He says they're people with, with the hunger dial at 20, 10, you know, not two, 10, for what He wants to do in this land and in this hour. And it says this, that suddenly there was a sound from heaven and it was a rushing mighty wind and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then appeared to them, then appeared to them divided tongues as a fire and one sat upon each of them and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. They were filled with the Holy Spirit. Three things, three, three moments that every single person, every person needs to have in their life is this. Number one, they need to be born again. They need to be born again. How, how do you do that? The Bible says, Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord. And as you live that life, as you do that, what will happen is you'll step out of the old person you used to be into a brand new person. One of the greatest joys I have as a pastor is at times hearing people's stories. And if you would hear some of the stories of what people have been through, you'd never equate it to that person because God's done such a wonderful work in their heart of setting them free, bringing wholeness and bringing healing that they're a new person. They're a brand new person. Maybe you've come today. Maybe a friend or neighbor invited you. The Bible says that you must be born again. You must be born again. That God's desire is that you would leave the old you behind and step into the new life that he has for you. The second thing is an outward demonstration of what God has done internally in our heart. And that is to be water baptized. And as church, we want to ramp up water baptisms. Come on. Whether it be at the end of this year or into next year. Water baptism is so necessary. 
Sometimes you talk to people and they say, I've been a believer for 20, 30 years. And you say, have I been baptized? And they're like, not yet. You're like, what are you waiting for? <laughs> Hurry up, now's the time. And there's a great story in the Bible of someone who got water baptized in a puddle. Don't you love their, their enthusiasm? They're not waiting for anything. But to be water baptized, water baptism is so important. Sometimes when I sit with new Christians, I try and explain water baptism to them and it seems so odd and so unusual. But when they do it, it feels so right in God. They talk about often to me that they feel clean. They feel new, and it's a great declaration before their friends and their family that they've decided not to just live for themselves anymore, but to become followers of Jesus Christ. The next thing is so important is to be, where we're talking about here, to be filled with the Holy Spirit. God not only wants to be out there in the heavens, the Bible says that He wants to come inside of you. You see, everything that God wants to do, He wants to do from the inside out. He wants to heal you so you can bring healing. He wants to fill you with peace so wherever you go, you're a peacemaker. He wants to fill you with hope so wherever you go, you carry hope. Whatever God, He wants to, so the Holy Spirit, God Almighty wants to come and live resident inside of your life. And I believe as Christians, as a Pentecostal church, we need to be filled, but we need to let the Holy Spirit keep moving, keep working, keep operating in our lives more and more and more and more. But so important to be born again, to be water baptized, and to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Maybe this morning, what we could do just to, I think, acknowledge how good God is. If you've done those two, th three things and you say that your life is so much better as a result of being born again, water baptized, and filled with the Holy Spirit, I want you to lift your hand right now. Yeah. Yeah, wonderful. So good. So, he's so faithful today. Three in one, three verse one been watching Australia a little bit at the moment and uh, trying to be somewhat aware of what's going on and what's happening. And I've noticed that for many people in Australia, there's something that's very, very important to them. And it's this word here. Lifestyle. Can everyone read that at the back? Got your glasses on? Lifestyle. And for many Australians, lifestyle is something that's become very, very important. I mean, you can... Do whatever you want to be, but don't touch my Land Cruiser. Don't touch my Hilux. Don't touch my ability to eat out. Even if I have to go into a lot of debt that doesn't bother me, just don't touch my lifestyle. Uh, one of the things that's very real in Australia at the moment is abortion, and I'm very careful what I say about the issue. And there can be circumstances, for instance, where, say, people are concerned that if they have the baby, they won't be able to look after the baby financially. Or perhaps they're concerned about the health of the baby, that it may not be a healthy baby. And with those things, let's talk about them. For those who are scared of their baby not being more healthy, let's pray for them. For those who maybe can't afford their baby, let's as the church find a way to fund them, to care for those people, that those babies can be born. But for some people, they decide to have an abortion because it's something that doesn't suit their lifestyle. And I think it's very interesting in Australia that we've come to a point where lifestyle has become so much of our God that we would sacrifice babies so that it doesn't affect our God, our lifestyle. Our lifestyle. The second thing that can be really big for Aussies is their family. And I just want to draw here, just so that we can talk about it well, is Jesus. And it's so important that we love our families. There's a really strong, strong, strong scripture. I think it's in Peter. And it talks about if we don't care for our families. It, it talks about we're almost worse than an unbeliever. The Bible is very strong in us caring for our families. 
And for me as a pastor's son, sometimes people will say to me on the odd occasion, oh, you must be so hardly done by to be a pastor's son. That must be so tough. And I think the reason for that is because there was a generation before me who there were some ministers, not everyone, but there were some ministers who just put church above everything else and sort of neglected their families. And my generation, thankfully today, I can say many of us are serving God and know that our parents love us deeply, but also love kingdom work to a great degree. But we've got to be people who live our lives according to the Bible. And sometimes what I can see is that some people make family their God. And that can be a dangerous place, A, because it puts a huge amount of pressure on your children because you, you are the center of their work. They are the center of your worship. And it can put it in a hard place. And so you can hear sometimes on Instagram and Facebook, you hear statements like this, family is everything. Family is everything. You hear parents talk to their children like, you are the center of my life. You're the reason I get out of bed in the morning. You're my absolute everything. But I think that what we've got to, and then Jesus comes after that. But I believe that if we live this way, then we become the Lord. We become the rulers. We become the God over these areas, which means that we have to control everything. We have to make everything work because everything that Je when Jesus is under these things, he's, he's the later. We become the God. But when we make a decision to say, no, 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 I don't want Jesus to be there. I want Jesus to be the Lord over every part of my life, including my lifestyle and including my family. Then all of a sudden, his grace, his provision, and his power begins to move through all of those points. Yes, we should be good stewards of our lifestyle. And yes, we should be good stewards of our family. But Jesus Christ should be Lord over all of these things. They should not become our God. He should become our God, our Lord, and our Savior. And when we start to live in this way, what happens is it changes the vocabulary that we have at home. Because rather from going, you know, son or daughter, you are the center of my life. You are everything to me. This is what our language changed. Son, daughter, I love you deeply. And our passion is to serve Jesus Christ with our whole life. Our passion is to follow him above all else. I am on a mission for Jesus to fulfill my life purpose before him. Let's do it together. Let's do it together. And so as people, we've got to make sure that we sometimes change our vocabulary. We make sure that he is Lord over this area. Because let me tell you, trying to be in control of this all the time, I think that's why sometimes we have mental health issues. But if we would just make Jesus the Lord over all these things, you watch how his provision and how his favor begins to move profoundly in your life. And so today, God is looking for a church who are in one accord with him. He's looking for a church who are in one accord with each other. In agreement, we might wear different clothes, eat different foods, but when it comes to things of God, the things that truly matter, the things that are eternal, we are in agreement. And people who really make that decision in this time and in this hour to make Jesus Christ the Lord over everything and develop within us such a rich, such a strong hunger for what God is wanting to do in this land and in this hour. I believe that God is wanting his church to get louder and louder and louder and louder and louder and louder. You see, in this time, in, this, in Acts, these people had a sound of hunger. They were praying, they were crying out to God with one accord. And the Bible says that what came was a sound like a mighty rushing wind. You see, their sound of hunger attracted the sound of heaven. It attracted the sound of the Holy Spirit. And when those two sounds meet, it created a new sound that at first the world didn't understand, but attracted the world to come. You see, the devil wants us to shut us up. 
The devil wants us to become quieter and quieter and church become more religious and more religious. But God is looking for a church who would throw off just religiosity and step more and more into such a passion, such an enthusiasm, such a deep love, such an authenticity that the world would marvel and say, what has God done amongst these people? Today, do you want to be a part of what God's doing in this land? Come on, do you want to be a part of what God's building in this land? Are you determined not to be distracted, not to be discouraged, to not let offense and distraction put you on the sidelines, but to say, God, I want to be in the center of your will for my life. I don't want to be anywhere else, but God, a part of what you're building in this nation. If that's you right now, come on, just stand to your feet right now. Come on, let's just open our hearts up to God. Let's just say, God, here I am. Come and move in my life. Come and move in my heart. I give you permission. That's it. Maybe you can pray right now. God, I want to be in one accord with you. I want to be in step with you. I want to be alert to you. I want to be sensitive to you. Oh, I know you love me more than anyone else on the whole planet. I know you care about me more, that's it, more than anyone else on the whole planet. God, let a hunger for you. Let it burn in my spirit. Let it burn in my life. Let it burn in my heart. Let it burn in my family. Let it burn in my thoughts. Let it burn in my future. Whoa, let it burn in my life. Let it burn day by day by day by day. God, let an enthusiasm for you. Let it stir with on the inside of me. Let a desperation for what you want to do in this nation, in this city. Let your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. We break every spirit of prayerlessness today in the name of Jesus Christ. Every spirit that want to stop people hungering after the things of God. We break your power today and we believe today for a fresh fire, a fresh hunger, a fresh thirst, a fresh devotion, a fresh life in our lives. God, because we know who you are. We know what you can do. We know what you're building. We know what you're establishing, God. Let your goodness flow through this land. Let your goodness flow through your people. Let your faithfulness flow throughout our children and our children's children. Oh, let your joy strengthen our lives today. Let your power clothe us on high that we would be faithful witnesses. God, we love you today. We worship you today. We're devoted to you today. We're sold out for you today. We're ready for what you're doing. We're ready for what you're doing in this time, in this hour. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. That's it, church. Yeah. Thank you, God. Thank you, God, today. Thank you, God. God, more of you, more of you. Right now, come on, if you've been struggling to pray, I want you to lift your hand. If you've been struggling to pray right now, just lift your hand. Father, we break the power of every spirit that want to stop people praying, every spirit of barrenness in prayer. We break your power in the name of Jesus Christ. We break your activity around people's lives in the name of Jesus Christ. Oh, every spirit that want to cause people to slumber rather than pray. Let this house be a house of prayer. Let it be a place of worship. Let it be a place of miracles. Let it be a place, God, where you're actively moving in and through our lives. That's it today. Come on. He who the sun sets free is free indeed. Oh, Christ has come to bring us freedom and liberty and breakthrough and love and hope and joy. That's it. Come on. He's able today. Father, we loose miracles across this room today. We loose the power of God today across this land. Your kingdom come. Your will be done in this place. Oh, Rashama Masi. Woohoo! That's it.
that's it, that's it. Come on, thank you, Holy Ghost. God, you're so able. Oh, you're so able. You're so able this morning. Oh, God, right now, you're so faithful. That's it. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done. Come on, let him bring hope to your life today. Come on, let him bring victory to your life today. Let him bring life to your life today. Oh, come on, let him change you. Let him minister to you today. Oh. Thank you, Lord. We pray for families today. Let your kingdom come. Let heaven come in every home across this city. Oh, that's it. More of God. More of God. More of God. More of God. That's it. Yes. See there. 